This is Carl Jung speaking. Carl Jung to be exact. Carl Stephen Jung. A different Carl Jung. Different than Carl Gustav Jung. And as you'll see, I'm a bit different in general. This is going to be a part called the Christian Outcast and the Faith series. What I'm going to talk about today hopefully will hit home to a lot of people and generate kind of an understanding of who I am and what a Christian outcast actually is. And one of the things that a Christian outcast is, I think, is wrong. But I think I'm wrong a lot of times on some things. And what I mean by wrong is everybody should be a Christian outcast. Um, But I think it's wrong concerning what we're taught today. Because a Christian outcast is wrong to an organized body of religion that is manually organized by people. And I think I qualify for this. Briefly going into who I am, I've been reading the Bible since 2000. I have been in the faith since 2000. At a very young age, I, I believed in the Son of God, and I believed in God. Uh, there was a close time where I was going to commit suicide at a very young age, and it felt like something spoke to me and said, there's gonna be a lot of people that miss you if you do this. And I'm glad I found a wife today that really appreciates me and my family ended up appreciating me. I was too young to understand what appreciation was and I was just broke on something stupid and a kitchen knife seemed a way to fix everything. But something, maybe an angel, I don't know, spoke to me. We're not gonna be talking about close life things and this is not what exactly made me an outcast. I've been saved by angels. I love Coast to Coast AM, by the way. Shout out to George Norrie and everybody there. Sometimes I, I, I try to be a little bit more sane than that and keep my head on my heels. I'm a believer and the son of God. And the record that God gave us is that he gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. That's 1 John chapter 5, 11. So a brother I am, hopefully there's no envy here, that we're not in darkness, that we will enter the light into this topic, the Christian outcast. Uh, another background on me, I am currently studying geology. I am a scientist. I am working on my second degree. I do have different beliefs that do not line up with any single church. Some of the beliefs that I differ on are creation, evolution, 
which of course is not merited by that I was a geologist. Before I became a geologist, I read the book of Genesis and I understood that there is a phrase where these are the generations in which the earth was created. So I understood that the seven day creation idea was another way of explaining to people that were not scientists generations of creation in seven days. Now hold on to that because I got this from somebody that was of the world. That idea was sparked of the world that have more knowledge than the children of the light. That is something that Jesus Christ said. And the children of the light are, are, are full of spiritual knowledge. They read the Bible and maybe some of them are as smart as anybody else, of course. Uh, I mean, um, I'm not trying to say in general that they're not as smart or as wise, but you get wisdom in the world. It says the Lord enlightens the eyes of the thief. So getting back on track to the Christian outcasts, the main point that I want to make is that the Christian outcast has beliefs that do not line up with any single church. I may deviate and hopefully be able to another podcast talk about these certain topics on creation, evolution, marriage, fornication, idolatry, sanctification, just to get the biggest things out of the way. And the second thing that makes you a Christian outcast is not believing in being separate from people that are not in the church. I think that you should probably be glued to someone that is not in the church. For one, they know more things in the world. The children of this world are wiser than the children of light. Ever two, you can have an everlasting habitation, especially if you're an outcast. And I'm not talking about, you know, making use. What you're doing should be minding your own business. And within that business, you have something that is profitable to God, to yourself, and the good works you show doing that business actually end up being good works for other people. Giving to those that ask of you. If somebody compels you to go somewhere, go with them twain. So let's focus on these two things. Not lining up with a single church. Well, that makes it so I can't be monetized by them. My attendance usually requires a tithe to be considered faithful or somebody that is doing the will of God, laying up, paying for the roof over the head and helping to do the wonderful things that the church provides, which is good because we need fellowship. We need to remember the assembly of one another. 
which is one thing an outcast Christian cannot have. And that's another important aspect to actually being unseparate from people not in the church, but you should actually not separate yourself from the people in the church. Although they may separate themselves from you, they may call you a heretic, kick you from the Discord server if you mention anything that is contrary to the doctrine. And that's what they have, the doctrine. Usually following a Reformation teaching of a certain idealist like Clarence Larkin and their dispensationalists or some other phrase, and they might divide the Bible in a certain way to where some things apply to them and some things do not. And having read the, Bi read the Bible for many years, I've found that there are not a whole lot of gray areas in the Bible, that it's cohesive, one thing, that there is an understanding that you can reach and be fully aware of the scripture and all that it teaches. But you must know the truth and the truth is what will open and enlighten your eyes. If you follow a false doctrine, there are going to be divisions that you make according to that false doctrine that will make it gray in other areas of the Bible. You'll read over it like it doesn't mean anything to you, like it doesn't apply to your life. And I'm not intending this to be a preaching session, but just an educational enlightenment. This series should be an enlightenment, something that helps people, especially outcasts. And one of the things that makes it so I can't be a part of any single church is because that I need one part of that church's beliefs to be lined up with me and then the rest of them to be like-minded with them. But I could, like Legos, take a part of this church and a part of that church and build a little church out of Legos. But I have nowhere to set it but in my living room. And that's not cool, yo. <laughs> I mean, a Lego church is not the same. You build it one time, it costs 50 bucks. Nobody has to tithe to it. You might have to dust it every once in a while, but there's no fellowship. But Outcast has no choice. They don't line up with any single church. The only church they line up with is the church of the Son of God. They have eternal life through the Son, who is the way. So we have this outcast. He's not in Emmanuel church. He is in the true church. And the Emmanuel church should be a pillar of the truth for the living God. Jesus is the truth. So Jesus, Jesus should be in that church. And what I have found that there is so much leaven from the Reformation where we have come from these dark ages and so much leaven that has not been purged out that there's one understanding that they must understand is that they have not all of the true doctrine 
I'm not saying they're heretics. I'm saying they're sons of God that need to grow in knowledge and grow in grace. And they have to be up with the times like the tribe of Zephaniah and understand like Handel did with his music and put the words of the King James Bible into orchestrated classical music to show the world that classical music is not of the devil that the church can embrace things in life and not be separate because when you're supposed to come out per se of Babylon and to not be a part of that it is like what Jesus said not like the little tidbits that you grab from the Bible it's like I pray that you keep them from the evil of the world not that you take them from the world so I cross paths on numerous things in the church which makes me an outcast. I cannot be a like-minded person with many people. There are people like me that cannot get together because we're separated in such a distance. We don't have a church called the Outcast Church. We have a group called Outcast that sings pretty good music. Although, like most of the music that is very good, there's vulgarity, and things that are not edifying to the Spirit of God. They don't teach doctrine. They're opinionated. They're spewing of pride, blasphemy sometimes, and very much resembles somebody just coming out of the water and with great words that they're such a beast that who can make war with this beast now I'm not getting off onto end times but I'm just trying to relate to you the reason why the church believes some of this music is wrong is because of how it's been portrayed and even when the church picks up hip-hop music or something that's real close to my heart because I do make Christian hip-hop is they pick it up and they put the word of God in it but the depth of it is not very deep at all some of it is deep and some artists do speak the Christian light but it's more about keeping up pace with whatever's already out there and it's turned into what today is popular in 2023 a form of battle rap, a form of fast hip hop, of, of not even hip hop, but rap. Now, I'm not saying rap is worse. I'm not saying that form is worse. I'm just talking about edifying educational hip hop music barely exists. And those that may or may not do that have not been reading the scripture as long as I have, 
but they're brand new. They're 20 years old. And a lot of these churches have brand new 20 year old pastors and they follow the same teachings they have been taught and are not growing in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the older folks are sticking to the old traditions and not being up to times with the world, sticking to things. And it has caused so much of a problem that the followers and new people in the faith have a bad spirit and they bring a bad name on a Christian. And they cause the name of the Lord to be blasphemed amongst the heathen, which makes a bad rap for the Christian outcast. He has nobody to go to, but somebody in the church has much comfort. And he gets to think that he's all right for a little while though they may be misguided. So getting on to the outcasts, is the outcast should be glued to someone not in the church. Everybody in the church should be glued to somebody that is not in the church. They should be out there working with their own hands, providing an honest living and doing good works that can be seen from all angles. The tithe should be spared a little bit if the church is rich so they can give a bottle of whiskey to the homeless person that can only afford a taco from Taco Bell or a hot dog from 7-Eleven. And he is sorrowful and needs to drown that sorrow with wine or he's about ready to die and he needs some hard liquor. If that's not what you want to give him, provide him a home. The one thing that we should not do is parent Christians by telling them to be separate from other people not in the church. We should not parent Christians by saying, don't touch alcohol, don't touch cigarettes, don't touch weed, don't be with this. That is a lifestyle not pertaining to us. Because in actuality, that's a shortcut. Not talking about the facts within the matter. Because the just shall live by his faith. And the soul that is lifted up is not upright. The person's faith might allow them to smoke a cigarette. The person's faith might allow them to fornicate. They do not think that that is wrong. They don't have the understanding that you do. Now, if they do understand that is wrong, that is a different story. That is a sin that we understand is sin because of the law and the knowledge of the sin is contained in the law. Now, I may agree with the apostolic church where we have free will and this free will can cause us to walk away from the righteous grace of God not losing grace of God, not losing your salvation, not losing your Holy Spirit, but angering God that is 
wrath may be kindled to where he say you will not enter my rest and that you may be a rebel that you may go to hell which is rational because under the new covenant which is made under a new testament one offering once and for all from the lamb of god is a faithful wife walking in the spirit walking in the spirit there's no condemnation but if we live after the flesh we will die paul said if the jewish people were cut off that we might be grafted in take heed lest we also be cut off entering into the kingdom of god still requires a testament of blood and it still requires the covenant of that testament the law or as james says it he that looks into the perfect law of liberty and as john said the other son of thunder he that is born of god god sins not not saying that you don't have sin or you never had sin but a seed remains in you because you have that hope and love of his appearing that when Christ who is our life shall appear you will also appear with him in glory that keeps you from committing the sin with the temptation he prepares the way for you to escape and you take that way of escape because of the love you have for his appearing not wanting to be ashamed not necessarily being wanting to go to hell but then you might say well what we're saved from wrath through him we are saved past tense yes you're saved by the works of from the works of the law you're saved from the old covenant now the law is written in your hearts and in your minds you're saved from that but as peter said we're looking forward towards a new life and a new heavens and not to be led away from the error of the wicked and false prophets and being unaware but to be enlightened and to be aware to add to your virtue knowledge and add to knowledge temperance add to temperance all these other things for time's sake we'll go on to where he said beware of dogs and don't be a swine returning to the mire and wallowing in it so we have to understand that breaking a promise is not measured by a ruler it's not like oh fornication is sin but the just shall live by his faith and that faith is based on what you understand you can't ignore gaining understanding because a lack of knowledge also destroys god's people and that unwillingness to follow god may draw a line somewhere and we have to be loving his appearing and baptism is a part of that where we start following in a new way and a new life towards god that's why it says in one place that you must be baptized to enter into heaven because that life that you walk is all about baptism 
the fellowship with the saints is why we remember the Lord and take the Lord's Passover. And that unworthiness has to do with loving your brother. If you don't love your brother, you're in darkness. Even until now, he that commits sin has not seen God, neither has known him. But what does that mean if you live by faith and fornicate because you have faith that you can do it and you have an understanding, maybe it's a misunderstanding, that is not sin. Somebody may see it as a sin unto death. They can pray for it if they think it's a sin not unto death. And you should teach him to mislead him, from, take him away, I mean lead him from the error of his ways. But God is able to make everybody stand. To, to his own master he lives. And like David said, kiss the son, lest he perish from the way, lest his wrath be kindled from a, li a little bit. So we're supposed to be a valuable commodity, not necessarily merchandise of a manufactured church, but a valuable commodity to God, having good works, an outcasted person, a different person, like Jesus Christ that was crucified outside of the city, let us come out of the city. But that different person is not a hypocrite. And he doesn't say, hey, don't cuss around me. He just doesn't cuss. And he's not in somebody's business about whether you should do this or do that, except for a Christian brother, the Christian brother he reproves, the Christian brother that is a fornicator, a covetous or a drunkard, which means just drinking all the time. That's the person he avoids, not those that are of the world, lest you be coming out of the world. And you're supposed to be a light of the world, set on the hill, not hiding in the bushes, not running. And as much as possible, living peaceably with all men. So these things make you an outcast. You don't line up with the single church. And you can't be manually organized, be part of a manually organized body of believers. You can be friends with regular people. And you have a business to attend to, a hobby that doesn't put you in everybody's business. But if you take part of things that you have faith in doing, you keep in mind your brother and, and, and you, you don't let them fall. But if you have something that you do that is in faith, then you could talk to somebody and befriend them and ask them some advice so you might have some wisdom because maybe the advice that you're following is ungodly. Though it came from a source that is supposed to be godly, they professed that they were godly, but in works they may have denied them and you found that your works are wrong because somebody in the world has pointed out this light to you because you were able to ask advice. But don't be afraid because the scripture says a companion of fools shall be destroyed because you're not their companion when you do the right things. You are a friend. You're giving. You are helping. 
you are standing your ground when you need to stand your ground. You're an individual. You're being a light of the world by being a part of the world, not coming out of the world. You want to be a part of the church, but you're an outcast. You're an outcast because you cannot be a part of the church and you're an outcast because you're somebody that is in the real church that wants to be a part of the world. Those two things set you apart. Remembering that we must enter into his rest and all these things, it's just a sidetrack tidbit. And I hope that it didn't push anybody away into thinking this is going to be preachy podcast it's supposed to be spiritual enlightenment this is a faith series on the christian outcast one of the greatest things peter had said was you know there'll be false prophets but that he was a witness of the voice and the power that overshadowed them that said this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased and that they have not followed cunningly devised fables. But they bore witness of the life that was manifested. And their record is that this life was in the Son of God. An outcast has that. You should love the outcast. You should love the people in the world that believe in the Son of God. We know who that is and that will conclude the message for today